You are listening to the 12 Stone Podcast. For more information on our eight locations or service times, please visit 12stone.com. Now enjoy Pastor Jason Berry as he delivers bitterness and anger. Uh, Church, it's so good to be together and to worship, and how great is our God. And our God is doing some incredibly kind things. If you were a part of worship last weekend and you, you listened as we invited people to say yes to Jesus, literally hundreds of people said yes to Jesus, stepped into the kingdom. It's profound. It's, it's worth the celebration. And equally, we're still all trying to figure this thing out. Maybe some things are going forward for you and And maybe there's some good things. Maybe some things are going backwards for you. And there's some unstable things. Like literally in our own family, one uh, got a job, awesome job, open door, which is like, really? In this circumstance? And and then another one had pay cut 25% uh, and sent back a little little bit. What's going on with you? I don't know. But we're in this together. That's all I really want to say. We're in this together. You have a church family. We have a heavenly father. We're navigating this together as a church. And God's using this unique time to accomplish so many things for his kingdom going forward. So I love you. Pray for you. Ask that the peace of God would settle upon you. I think that's a big deal. That's not a one-time prayer for you. It's continual. And I am excited about today for you. I, I have looked forward to this. You don't know why I've looked forward to this, but it's because this teaching was going to come a few weeks ago, if you will, before this whole pandemic started. And I knew it was coming for you. And we'd prepared for it. And then, of course, things got set back. But Pastor Jason Berry had already prepared, and the Spirit of God was anointing. And now today is the time you get the teaching telling you, you get your head and your heart centered before God. Get ready to receive. You be honest to God. You let God free you up. This is going to be an amazing day for literally tens of thousands of us. Now, kiddos, you have something a little special for you. So I'm going to throw it to Jeremy. He's going to give you some instructions and then Jason's going to lead us. Hey, what's going on, 12 Stone family? Hope you guys are doing well. Welcome to my living room with a couple of my kiddos. I got Collins and Brave over here. Can you guys say hi? Hi! Okay. Anyway, hey, this is the point in the experience. Kids, you can get your iPads and your Kindles or whatever device you have because we got some really cool videos for y'all. So parents, you can help them get their iPads. You can put your headphones on. Guys, you can put your headphones on. Nice. And here's what you do. Just go to 12stone.com. You're going to scroll down. And there's going to be a kids tab there. Below the kids tab is another tab that says Sunday video lessons. You can click on that right now and it'll take you to several videos for kids. We got elementary school uh, videos. We got uh, videos for our preschool kids, all sorts of things for our kiddos there. So you can be doing that with your kids right now, getting them set up, get their headphones on, just like Collins and Brave. I think they're actually playing video games, but I'll give them a pass. Anyway, parents, once you do that, you can go ahead and get your Bibles and we're going to turn our attention to Jason Barry, as we listen to this weekend's teaching. 
So welcome to 12 Stone Online. Another weekend we get a chance to do church in your living room, your kitchen, God forbid, your bathroom, wherever you're at. We're glad that you're hanging out with us this weekend. We're glad to be hanging out with you. And this is just a crazy season, if we're honest, right? Like I, I've been telling everyone I talk to, I've never seen like everything shut down, like everything shut down. There's, there's no sports on television, right? I don't know what to do with myself. We, we lost March Madness. Just a moment of silence for that. We lost the Masters. The NBA season's over. We missed opening day of Major League Baseball this week. Some of y'all jokers are trying to get through this watching uh, Lion, not Lion King, you're watching Tiger King, which is way worse. And so I need to pray for you if you're watching that right now. I mean, it's been a crazy season. Some of you guys, it might be, it might be more serious. You lost a job. Maybe, maybe you missed your senior prom. Maybe you're concerned about missing actually walking in graduation. This is unprecedented times inside of this pandemic. And I, I don't know about you, but I like to look forward. So I want to just take 20 seconds right there in your living room, your kitchen, whoever you're with. What are you most looking forward to getting back on the other side of this whole pandemic shutdown thing? Just take 20 seconds. Maybe, maybe you're looking forward to sports again, or maybe you're looking forward to just being able to go to the grocery store without a, a crazy crowd out there. Just take 20 seconds. Talk as a family, you and your roommate, you and some friends. We'll be back in a second. See, as you're talking, I, I can sense when I talk about this stuff, I get kind of frustrated. Can we be honest? Is anyone else a little bit frustrated right now? I get, I get tired of all that, that is being sort of withheld and all the way I'm going to fight through in this season. I'm tired of my wife having to be a homeschool teacher and teach common core math, and we don't know how to do that. We know how to carry the one, right? Amen from parents who were educated in the 80s and 90s. So there's a lot to be frustrated about. Today's topic is a, is a conversation we wanted to have two, three weeks ago before all this stuff happened, and, and we think it's providential that we get to have this conversation today because it's perfect. It, it's where we're living. You might not realize it yet, but it's where we're living. Listen, embittering is happening to us. We just don't know it yet. Embittering is happening to us. You might just not recognize it yet. See, what's going on in our head is that, is that we're embittered towards this pandemic. Maybe we're embittered towards the government or the CDC co-workers, your boss, maybe your own kids, or this embitterment thing is happening, and, and the seeds of bitterness are the things that steal our, our, our dreams and our hope in the moment and our joy. These, these seeds of bitterness are where we live right now, and the reality is you, you're going to be locked together as a family, and you guys aren't going to always get along. There's, there's seeds of bitterness that happen in seasons like this, and maybe some of you already had some bitterness from past stuff. We're going to talk about that today. So you can, you can bury bitterness until the next embitterment comes up. And listen, we're in a season where embitterment is happening, whether you like it or not. You see, you can't control the circumstances around you. You can't control the decisions the government makes or how fast this pandemic comes to a close. And you're going you're gonna to ruffle each other's feathers at home. You're going to have things that, that, that you weren't expecting See, sometimes you're going to look at your boss and go, man, why didn't our business plan better? The pressure to provide is going to rise up. Listen, I'm telling you, this conversation is a conversation God wants us to be having today. See, in all of us, we're losing the distractions in our life. If you look at your calendar just a month, two months ago, you were busy. But if you're honest, your calendar now is, you could swipe for days and it's probably pretty open. See, the thing about distractions and busyness is they let you hide things and mask things. 
and perhaps right in your own living room, right in your house, right in your apartment, there are things that are surfacing because they're not being covered by busyness and running to sports and working 50 hours and going to school. And in the space, what if inside this sort of lockdown season, if God wanted to actually unlock some things in us and free us from bitterness? I, I actually think he wants to. So let's get ready and let's jump in together today. So here's the deal. There's only two ways to have a happy life. Only two. Either we all figure out how to be perfect to everybody all the time, or, or you can learn to deal with the offenses that come your way. Only two options. And since the first one is not possible, we're going to deal with the second one. How do, we, how do we roll with the offenses that might come our way? How do we deal with offenses? You see, in Hebrews 12, 15, this is a, this is a verse that I think speaks directly to this. Here's what it says in Hebrews 12, 15. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Listen to this, that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See, roots, that's, that's sort of an agricultural picture that they're painting in this scripture. Do you guys remember in probably kindergarten, the lima bean experiment, where at school they give you a lima bean. They wrap it up in a wet paper towel, put it in a Ziploc bag, lay it in the sun by the window, right? And over time, you watch that seed sprout. It starts to put roots into the paper towel, and, and, a, and a stem comes up, and leaves come up. Well, last year, my youngest son, Lincoln, he has an incredible imagination. The way his mind works is fascinating. So he comes home one day, and he says, Dad, look at my lima bean plant. It sprouted. There's roots. There's leaves. It's amazing. And his mind was blown. He never realized he's eaten lima beans his whole life and never realized that you can plant them and they can grow into something. And I watched his little mind start to work. And I said, Amber, something's going on in that kid's head right now. Get ready. And we started to watch him at dinner. He'd take a piece of cooked corn and when no one's looking, slide it into his pocket. <laughs> and he'd take it outside and dig a hole and bury it and start watering it, see if it would grow take frozen peas out of the freezer, put it in the ground, trying to make it grow. No lie, he, he planted a matchbox car in the front yard and watered it, hoping to grow like a matchbox car. He took a quarter. He's literally trying to make a money tree. See, he didn't understand how this works, but his mind was blown with the thought that, listen, if I just plant something and water it, something will grow. See, that's, that's funny in the mind of a kindergartner, but listen, he's more right than you think. See, here's a big takeaway for us today. Here's, here's something. If you're taking notes, have a notebook, you might want to write it down. Here's the deal. Whatever you water will grow. Whatever you water will grow. It's not a crazy, complicated statement, but it's true. And it's especially true in your emotions and when it comes to bitterness. Whatever you water will grow. See, I want to, I want to talk about this for a second. See, let me explain. Where does bitterness come from? See, this right here is a seed, tiny little seed. It is harmless and powerless and can't do anything just sitting on a table. But when you plant it and you water it, something grows. Now, I don't know what your story is. I don't, know, I don't know what your past is. But listen, for some of us, we've had traumatic things happen in our childhood that just planted a seed in the soul of the soil of your soul. Maybe you had a friend start talking behind your back and it broke your heart. They weren't who you thought they were. This little seed planted in your, in your soul. Maybe someone lied to you. Maybe you were in a relationship and they cheated on you. I don't know. We've all got 
offenses in our life, right? Like you can't go through this life unscathed. And the reality is we all have seeds of bitterness planted in the soil of our life. Here's the reality. You can't escape the seeds of bitterness that are planted. You can't escape offenses happening to you. It's going to happen. And in this season in your house, someone offended someone else this morning, right? It's going to happen. You don't get to decide if the seeds of bitterness happen in your life, but you do get to decide if you water them or not. It's cheesy. Go with me. You don't get to decide if they're in there, but you do get to decide, am I going to choose to water them? See, let me show you how this works. What does it mean to water the seeds of bitterness? Here's what it means. It means to nurse and to rehearse. So something happens to you. Let's take this. Your friend lied to you. It's a friend of many years. You, you never thought they'd have done this to you. You get word that they've been lying to you or talking behind your back, and that little seed is planted in the soil of your soul. And you start to nurse it, and you water it. You start replaying it in your head. You feel the anger rise up in you. You, you, you just let it sit in your, in your brain and sit and cycle. And then you start thinking about, man, if I could go back, this is what I would tell that person. I would tell them that I would deal with this. You start replaying, man, if I could, I would tell that, I would tell that dude this and give him the what's for you start and you start watering and then you start rehearsing it. You start rehearsing it and bring it to other people and you're watering and you, and you start to see that little seed now has roots and a little sprout and you rehearse it and you tell all your other friends, can you believe what Steve did to me? He lied behind my back and every time you tell the story, you're more of a victim and they're more of a villain and you start to make decisions based out of that, that bitterness and you're watering and you're watering and pretty soon you're going to wake up. And that little seed is going to turn into a tree. And listen, you're going to have to live with the fruit of what you water. If you choose to water bitterness, you will have to live with the fruit of what you water. See, I think God invites us to put the watering can down. I think he's literally saying, listen, guys, you don't have to live this way. You don't have to water that. So what do we do with that? Where do we look? God, how do you help us with this? See, in Romans 12, verses 17 to 21, the Apostle Paul gives us like the perfect roadmap for us to walk through this. What do we do? Because listen, people are going to offend you. People are going to hurt your feelings. Stuff's going to happen. You're locked in the house with your whole family or your roommate. You're going to spend more time with them than ever before in a given week. Stuff's going to happen. So what do we do when stuff happens? I want to read this to you. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, Romans 12, Romans 12, 17 to 21. And as I read this, they're going to sort of put the highlights of what we're reading together up there. So here's what he says. When someone offends you, when a hurt happens, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it, as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. See, I don't, I don't know about you, but that's not how I feel when something, someone hurts me, right? I want, the, I want the outcome. I want verse 21, but I want to be overcome with good, not overcome with evil. But it's not how I feel in the moment. When someone hurts me, if someone, God forbid, hurts my wife or my kid, I, that's, let me show you what I feel like when someone hurts me. Here's what I feel like. I want to repay evil for evil. You punch me, I punch you, right? 
I want to live at war. Like, I, I'm not going to peace with that dude who just came at me, the guy who lied behind my back, the, the girlfriend that cheated on you. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I want to avenge myself. I'm a Barry, you know? That's, I'm going to avenge the family name, right? I'm going to hate my enemy. Why would I love? Look what they did to me. That little seed grew into this massive tree. How could they do that? But then you get to the result. You'll be overcome by evil. Now it's, the party's kind of over at that point. I, I can check into those four, but be overcome by evil. That's not, that's not what I'm looking for. It's like Paul saying, listen, I know, I know what you want to do. You don't need to write this in scripture if this is what we would naturally do, right? The scripture's not like breathe. No, we do that. He's saying it because he knows your emotions are telling you. Repay evil for evil, man. I know it's saying to hate your enemy. I know it makes sense to hate your enemy. It, it adds up. I know it makes sense to want to get revenge. I get that. But I'm telling you, you don't want the fruit that comes from the tree of revenge and hate and bitterness. Paul's trying to warn us. You ever actually met someone who was like bitter, like really bitter? Person who something happened to him five years ago, 20 years ago, I don't know. They've watered that seed over and over again. And whenever they're anywhere, something happens. It's always, they did that to me. And you're going, that was pretty neutral. What happened? They're always the victim in the story. Eventually they get, they, they water that seed and that those roots of bitterness go so deep. They wake up and they've driven away anyone that's, that can be close to them. Any friend who is close, family that's close, they wake up and they're alone and they're just sitting under their tree of bitterness, eating bitter fruit. I remember as a kid in church, no lie, there was this one old lady probably at least 55, because I was like five, but probably 80, let's be honest. So old lady in church, and she was so mean. Like my mom used to say, she is mean as a snake. Kids would walk by and she'd be like, get out of my way. She's just mean. And I also remember that old lady that sat next to me in church that would slip me some hard candy during church. I'd be, I love that. When I get older, I don't want to be, I want to be the hard candy old dude, right? And Paul's saying, listen, if, if this is what you do, if you choose to water bitterness, you eventually will have to bear the fruit of what you watered. By the time you see a tree, even the most bitter people you've ever met, you see the tree of bitterness, but it always started with a seed of bitterness. Paul's warning us, listen, you're going to have people offend you. People are going to hurt you, but don't water the seed. See, ultimately, I think I think this whole thing pivots on one key thought, and, and it's this, justice. I love justice. I'm wired for justice. Like if someone does something wrong, I want you to pay. Like I'm wired for that. And honestly, God's wired for justice, if you didn't know that. Justice is a righteous desire. Like I want things to be done right. If you steal from me, I'm going to steal from you. Like I want, we want justice. But in this passage, Paul, Paul puts the, the theme of justice in the very middle of the passage. Let's look at verse 19. Here's what he says. Do not take revenge, my dear friends. He calls us friends. Listen, Paul's not preaching at you. Paul's trying to help you. Don't take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. Leave room for God. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Paul's saying this. You don't have to avenge yourself. You don't have to get revenge yourself. That is God's. We are freed up when we know that God is the one who gets revenge, not you. You're freed up from it. See, I watched my family and I watched them go in that bathroom 
and spin that toilet paper roll like they're playing Wheel of Fortune. Meanwhile, I'm downstairs turning it like I'm, I'm opening a lock on a safe, right? Like, this is crazy. I'm, like, I'm being careful with our resources, and you're just throwing toilet paper. Don't tell me that's not a reason to get bitter. Don't tell me that places in your home where you're watching your kids, your spouse, your roommate just be reckless, and you're trying to be careful, and you, you have that bitter thing grow up, and God's saying, listen, that's not yours. You don't have to get revenge. See, how does this play out? See, I'm starting to hit stride here, and you're, you're easy to kind of go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, how, how does this actually play out? See, this, pan, this pandemic is setting the scene and creating a soil where bitterness can take root so easily. You're locked up, all in the house. You're going to trip all over each other. I get this, but listen, right now you're planting seeds and you don't know it. Husbands, guaranteed you've already planted a good dozen seeds last week. You just don't know it yet. Wives, guaranteed you've planted some seeds in this. And what happens? You start to feel the bitterness grow up. How could he do that? Chances are your husband didn't even know he did it. Can I be honest? But you're, you're over there watering some seeds. And then here's what you start doing. Here's the danger. You start saying, man, I'm giving myself permission to be angry right now with him. And then you give yourself permission to start taking some liberties and some permissions that God never gave. At night, you get the kids to bed, and you just, I'm just going to eat my feelings away. And you're going to wake up when this thing's over, <laughs> and your bitterness is going to cause your body to do things you don't want it to do, your emotions to do things you don't want it to do. See, if Satan can't get you angry and bitter at your spouse, he'll whisper, you got permissions because they're, they're offending you. You start drinking more than you used to. You jump online. You use that to just feed your lust. You hop on Amazon.com and you start ordering stuff you don't need because it gives you a little relief, a little, a little fix in the midst of all the pressure of, of being locked up. Listen, if you can't avenge your hate, sometimes we'll just appease our appetites. I'm giving you a warning. It's a friendly warning from Paul and myself. Listen, don't, don't give in to that stuff. In the middle of all this, God's still on the side going, listen, I'm here. Let me avenge this stuff. You don't have to worry about it. Let me, let me get revenge for you, and you just work on forgiveness. Don't water the seeds of bitterness. Leave room for God. See, if most of us were honest, we couldn't live up to the standards that we give to other people. Can we be honest about that? The things you expect in your husband, your wife, your kids, your friend, your roommate, your coworkers, talking through Zoom, driving each other nuts, you, you set standards that you couldn't hold yourself. See, God actually set the highest standard, perfection. And you and I can't meet that. And when we set a standard, we get angry about it. If God would get angry, we'd be in trouble. But, but Scripture says that while we were yet sinners, Jesus died in our place. You see, God's going to take revenge against you for all the sin that you committed. Because he loves us. He took that revenge out on Jesus, his own son, so that we could have relationship back. That's the beauty of the gospel. See, the gospel stands in opposition to bitterness. Because if God chose bitterness, we'd be in trouble. Forgiveness is not free. I get it. When people hurt you, it costs you something. Forgiveness is going to cost you something. I get that. Maybe the best thing that we can do is when you forgive somebody, you tell them the whole truth. Maybe it sounds something like this. I forgive you and willingly accept the consequences of your decisions. 
listen, I forgive you, and I, I willingly accept the consequences of your decisions, not mine, of yours, because that's what God did. It's the beauty of the gospel, that God decided to accept the consequences of our decisions and forgive us in spite of that. So you can't forgive in your own strength. You can't stop watering seeds of bitterness in your own strength. We, we do it because he went first. He made the first move. And our response as followers of Jesus is, we follow suit, God. I trust you to avenge. The beauty of Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, it's just, it's this whole thing wrapped up into a nutshell. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. Along with all malice, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. All of this, do this in light of God forgiving you. It's a beautiful thing. This, this isn't just a teaching for me. I had to walk this out in a really dark and complicated season of my life. I've never told this story publicly. In fact, I had to I had to tell my wife this whole story before I taught because I'd never opened all this up to her. Many of you know, about 10 years ago, my mom passed away um, as a result of a car accident that happened two years before. I've talked about the hurt in that. I've talked about, I've shared some of those things. I lost my mom way too young. What I never talked about was the, the, the dark season I went through in that. See, when that accident happened, I didn't know it at the time, but a seed of bitterness got planted in my heart. I didn't see it coming. See, as I watched my mom in ICU and in a coma for six months, and I watched my dad take care of her at home with traumatic brain injury for two years, I didn't realize that I was watering this bitterness towards the kid who hit my parents. See, the accident wasn't my mom and dad's fault. This kid had multiple DUIs beforehand, reckless driving tickets, he was speeding that day, driving recklessly. Drivers reported that he was weaving in and out of traffic. So by the time he hit my parents, the guy's just been an idiot. And it was so much easier to have a villain in that story than just to grieve. I, I could never share public. I could never share publicly how, how deep the hate got for me. I rehearsed what I would do if they let me get in a room alone with this guy. I wanted him to feel the pain that my family felt. You took my mom. How dare you? I hated him. And after two and a half years of my dad taking care of my mom, she finally passed away from the injuries. And the prosecutor in the county where the accident happened called and said, listen, we're taking this kid to trial for vehicular manslaughter. And I went, yes. This is my chance to get in a room with that kid. And I'm going to let him have it. And so that season where I started to actually write out what I was going to say to this guy, that it just was like a mirror. Going, oh my goodness, this is in me. I started to look at my life. This is leaking into my parenting, my marriage, my friendships, the calling on my life. I, I, did, I never realized how deep it had got. It just, I was watering it daily, weekly. I didn't know it. And I woke up and I went, what am I doing? I still, I still needed to be a victim and I needed him to be the bad guy so I could hate him because I didn't want to deal with the hurt that was behind it. And I wanted to keep watering something that God wanted to uproot in my life. And I finally had to take it to God and say, God, I know what you're going to say and I don't want to hear it. 
feel like God just gave me two pictures of who he is. One was before the trial, one was during the actual sentencing of the trial. Before the trial, God gave me a picture. I just had my second child. So I have Luke and now Lizzie's like a month or two old. I said, Jason, how would you feel if your kids grew up and hated each other? I said, God, that would break my heart. It'd be terrible. I said, son, that's what you're doing to me. I love that kid. The kid that you hate, the kid that you want dead, I love him. And it tears me up that you hate my other son. And I was just like, what? And I can't, I can't go into the length of all that this happened, all the prayer to, and all that God was trying to do in me, but I, God sort of broke through in that moment. And my surrender of just saying, God, fine, help me to try to figure out how to love this guy. God opened up a little crack in my heart and started to speak truth in that. And I started to teach me how to, how to water forgiveness instead of bitterness. By the time I got to trial, my brother, my dad, and I were ready to stand there, and I was ready to forgive him. Before I even got up there, God was so kind. I'm sitting in a, a courtroom. It's just really official and formal, and they'd already found him guilty, and this is now uh, my chance to share my family impact statement at sentencing, and I watched this whole proceeding. It's like God whispered to me as I looked up at the judge, like up in the tall stand. He said, aren't you glad you don't have to be the judge? I went, wow. See, I... I was freed up. The judge is the one that brings down the sentence. The judge is the one who got the repayment that was due in that. That kid's gonna pay for what he did. But the judge took his role, which freed me up to be all about forgiveness in that moment. I didn't have to lust for justice because that's the judge. See, I think what God invites us to is, listen, you have to receive God as Father. And release God as judge. See, I don't know what's happened in your past. I don't know what's in your story. I don't know what trauma in your childhood. I don't know who's betrayed you, who's lied to you, who's stolen from you. I don't know who's, what was happened. But the answer is to receive God as father. So when people hurt you, you get to crawl up in dad's lap and say, dad, that hurts. And he goes, I know, son. I know, daughter. I love you. But then you get to release God as judge and say, God, that's yours. It's yours to avenge either in this life and the next. But that's not mine anymore. And the freedom that God wants to invite us in is that you don't have to chase your own vengeance. See, I've heard it said that forgiveness is like taking the keys to a jail cell and, and opening it up and freeing the prisoner only to realize that the prisoner was actually you. It's the beauty of forgiveness. See, Paul's trying to give us a warning saying, listen, I, you're gonna have offenses against you. People are gonna hurt you. But if you water but if you water seeds of bitterness, just like in my story, they'll creep up on you. They'll go deep in your soul and you'll wake up one day and you'll hate the person in the mirror more than you hate the person who committed an offense against you or hurt you. And maybe in the midst of this pandemic lockdown thing, what if God wanted to free you from the weight of carrying bitterness? So when I said the word bitter at the beginning of the teaching, maybe there was a name that hit you and you, you knew that person, that moment, that instant. And what if God wanted to say, listen, put down the weight of bitterness? What if God wanted to put your family through a two, three-week boot camp of, of freeing up bitterness and finding forgiveness, and you come out of this thing healthier than you've ever been as a family? See, that's the nature of God. That's the nature of the gospel. You don't have to avenge yourself. You accept God as your heavenly Father, and you, you release him as judge. It's not yours to avenge. So listen, you don't starve a tree in a day. Listen, you don't, you don't plant seeds 
and then water them and let them take root and grow and grow and eventually get to a tree. And you don't get to, to take that tree out in a day, but it can start today. What if God wanted to say, the first, just, just put the water jug down, stop watering. Let those roots start to shrivel. The places that you said, I will never let God get to that. God, you cannot have that from me. I want that anger. I need that bitterness. Just put the water can down. What if God wanted to start there? So what do, what do we do with a teaching like this? I wanna give you three thoughts. Then we're gonna pray. And I'm gonna invite you to pray right where you're at. And so here's the three thoughts. First, protect from repeated abuse. Listen, some of you, you're in a situation with someone who is a, who is a serial abuser. And when I say forgiveness, get past bitterness, I'm not saying enable them to continue to abuse you. That's not what I'm saying. See, I'm saying, listen, stop watering. You've, you've watered those seeds and the roots have grown deep. Just start here. Stop watering those things. Don't rehearse. Don't nurse them in your head. Don't talk about them to everybody else. Take it to your father and the ultimate judge. Last, forgive every night. When scripture says, don't go to bed angry. Don't, don't let those things go through the night. It's basically saying this. Listen, at night, seek forgiveness before you go to sleep. It's just clearing the deck of all the seeds. Clean the seeds out. Keep short accounts. You're living too close together in this season to keep long accounts. It's going to eat you alive. And if you will choose to water forgiveness instead of bitterness, you will find at the end of your life, you will have a tree that you get to sit under. It's not full of bitter fruit. And in God's kindness, he can help you break that today. So I'm going to pray for you here in a minute. And I know the situation of you sitting in the living room with a roommate or your family, your wife. This is not the place where you're going to bow on your knees and weep before God. But maybe inside you're feeling that, God, I want to be done with this bitterness thing. I want to put the weight of this down, God. So maybe... You'll look normal on the outside, but on the inside, you're doing business with God. Maybe you, you need to have a conversation with somebody after the kids go to bed tonight, or maybe you need to text someone right now. Maybe you need to rewatch this teaching this week with just you and God put some headphones on and deal with it. But what if God wanted to free you from the roots of bitterness that are eating you alive right now? So I wanna pray for you. And as I pray, I invite you to pray with me. Maybe just whisper a name under your breath or just in your head to him, God, I want to forgive that person. I want to be done with the weight of bitterness in that person. So as I pray, you, you, you get to engage with God too. So let's pray. So, so Jesus, thank you for the cross and for forgiveness. Jesus, thank you that, that you went first in forgiveness. You didn't say, you guys take a few steps, then I'll jump in. God, you said, well, we were yet sinners. So thank you. God, I pray for our church. I pray for these families and friends that are watching God, would you oh, give them eyes like you did me when I saw the vitriol, the anger that I was spilling out on the page, writing to that kid who, who hurt my family. Give them that, 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 that mirror moment, God, where they see themselves and see where the roots are and see where the anger is eating them alive. Give them eyes to see it, God. And then when they see it, would you give them the courage to just humble themselves? You don't fight your way out of bitterness. You humble your way out of bitterness. And so God, give them the humility to say, God, I need your help. Now, maybe they need to reach out to a friend and say, I've never talked to anyone about this, but I've got bitterness towards this person in my past or a family member in my past or this friend or this ex-boyfriend. I just want to be done with it, God. Let us be the church for each other. And ultimately, God, would you give us freedom from the weight of anger and bitterness. In Jesus' name, amen.
stand firm on your promises. We know that your presence is with us all around us. Your favor goes before us, God. We know that. You are faithful and you will never change. So God, even in this season, God, would you make us more aware of your presence? Make us more aware of your power. Make us more aware of your peace that surpasses all understanding. We just want more of you, God. Less just won't do, God. We can't settle for less. We need more of you. So have your way in us. Reveal yourself to us. May we hear your voice, God. Be obedient to what you have to say. We love you and we trust you. We bless you in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.